0: March 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 everybody's coming in it's Thursday and everybody everybody's got smiles on their faces yes it's almost the weekend almost the weekend it is Thursday June the 3rd 2021 and everybody looks to be in a good mood today So happy to have you along. This is Bob Rowe. Welcome to the Best Old Time Radio Podcast. On Thursdays, we play an old time radio Western, and that's probably why you're so happy, because we have an episode of your favorite Western today. One of the very early episodes from 1952. Tell you all about that in a minute. But what you need to do right now is make yourselves comfortable. I want you to get over there in that big easy chair. Get your feet up on that ottoman or recline that chair back. Get yourself a little refreshment. And just don't worry about anything. Just don't even think about your daily stresses. Just unwind and get totally immersed in this week's old-time radio western that's coming up in just a minute. <laughs>
1: Do, did, do, do,
0: As you can tell by the music, it is time for us to travel back to the Old West. We are going to Dodge City, Kansas in the 1870s, and we're going to meet up with Marshal Matt Dillon. Shoulder to shoulder, we're going to walk right down Front Street, enforcing the law in this town that uh, many described as the Babylon of the West. Welcome to Gunsmoke, everybody. And tonight we are going back to one of the really early episodes of Gunsmoke in 1952, the year it made its debut. And you're going to see some differences. Doc is still sort of in his ghoulish phase in this. You know, he's sort of salivating, rubbing his hands about his coroner's fee if there's going to be dead bodies. But they start to flesh Doc out a little bit. You'll notice that... um, they're in the Texas Trail tonight. Now, there was the three major uh, saloons in, in, in Gunsmoke were the Texas Trail, the Alafraganza, and the Longhorn, I believe it is, in this one. And then later, that we never heard about the Longhorn anymore. We heard about the Long Branch. And Kitty worked in just about all of them, I think. By the time this show came along, Kitty is uh, a good friend of Matt and Chester and really she has sort of the same persona she had throughout the rest of the, uh, the series. Uh, you'll see a little difference in the theme music, uh, not much, but a little bit, especially in the introduction. And uh, I guess that's about it. This is a uh, sort of a, well, how do I put this? tell you what, the name of this episode is Loch Now, if you are a English lit major, or you have a degree in English literature, you may know about Loch If not, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about, uh, about why this show or why this episode was named that when we get to the other side. Okay, here we go. This is Gunsmoke from October 17, 1952, entitled Lockenbar.
3: Well, what's the rush, Miss Kitty? Huh? Come on, sit down and have a beer with us, uh, Kitty.
4: I'd love to, Matt, but I just stepped out for some thread. i got to get back to work. Some
3: thread? That sounds pretty domestic for you, doesn't
4: it? <laughs> yeah, but it's an occasion. I'm making a wedding dress. What? Oh, no,
1: Miss Kitty, not you. Oh, my, no. Well,
4: it isn't for me, Chester. Worse luck. <laughs>
1: it's
4: for artist Nash. It's going to be beautiful. If I say so myself. Well, if I ever
3: need a wedding dress, mate, I'll sure come to you for it.
4: Well, I'll be here, Matt. Let me know. See you later, boys.
1: So long, Kitty. She's a, a fine girl, Mr. Dillon. Kitty? Oh, yeah, yeah, she's great. She's... Well, well look who's back in town, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, Frank Craig.
3: Hello, Marshal. Uh, Frank, I never expected you to come back. I uh, don't know what to say to you. You might say welcome home. Yeah, I might. At least you're honest, Marshal. Sure. Where have you been for the last year? Out west. Wyoming, to be exact. Now, my sympathy for the peace officers of Wyoming. <laughs> Man can change, Marshal grow up and get over his wildness and start to think about settling down. Some men can. Well, I'm one of them. I don't aim to cause any trouble, Marshal. Came back here to marry Artis and take her with me, that's all. You heard from her since she left? She's pretty as ever. She'll pass. Every man in Dodge was crazy about her. She was my girl from start to finish. Things can change, Frank. She's still my girl, Marshal. Ben Martin might differ with you. Ben Martin? Mm hmm. That bull plowboy? He never had a chance in. What are you saying, Marshal? You don't aim to cause any trouble, you're saying, yet you just happened to roll into town three days before Artis is due to marry Ben. You're claiming you didn't know about it, huh? Artis wrote me a farewell letter, Marshal. It doesn't make any difference. Like I said, she's still my girl. She's not marrying Ben or anybody else. Not while I'm alive. Like I said, Frank, Ben may differ with you. I used to chase him home crying when we were kids. I don't think he'll chase that easy now. Ben took over the Circle Bar B. He's got 25 boys riding for him. He's a big man around here. Swings a lot of weight. Marshal, I said I wasn't looking for trouble, and I meant it. I came back here to get artists, that's all any man tries to stop me, I'll kill him. I'll see you, Marshal. Chester, see if you can find Ben Martin. Have you meet me over at the jail office? I thought he
5: was a thousand miles away, Marshal. Didn't think he'd ever have the nerve to come back.
3: Well, Ben, the two of you are bound to run into each other, so I figured you'd better know about it.
5: Mm. What's he expect, Marshal? Artists forgot him a week after he left town. Does he expect to force himself on her?
3: Maybe, you know, Frank.
5: (laughs) For my money, he's a crazy half-wild saddle bum who should have been hung five years ago. He says he's settled down, though, Ben. He's not going to
3: settle down here. Look, Ben, I don't like killings. Now, hang on to that temper of yours.
5: Sure, sure, I'll hang on to it, Marshal, just as long as Frank Craig stays clear of me and stays away from my girl. Otherwise, I tell you right now, Marshal, I... Is that you? Artis. We're in here, honey. Come on in.
6: Someone said you were here at the jail. Evening, Mr. Dillon. Miss Nash. I'm sorry if I interrupted anything, but... Ben, you know who's in town?
5: Yeah, Frank Craig. That's what we were talking about, honey.
6: He says he's come back for me. Take me away with him.
3: What do you mean he says, Miss Nash? He
6: came to the house a while ago. He knew about Ben and me, that we were going to be married. But he came anyway. I sent him away.
3: That does it, Marshall. All much. right, hold it, Ben. Now, there's no harm in him just talking to her. A man's got a right to protect what's his, Marshal. Protection's my business, Ben, and as long as I'm Marshal here, it'll keep on being my business. Now, in three days, you got a wedding coming up. I'd hate to see it ruined by you killing.
6: I have nothing against Frank Craig, Mr. Dillon. I wouldn't want him killed.
3: Neither would I. Well, good night, Miss Nash. Ben. Good night. Think it over, Ben. Don't lose your head.
5: Sure, Marshal. I'll think it over.
1: (laughs) How long are we going to have to keep on riding herd on Frank Craig, Mr. Dillon? Oh, just till he and Ben meet face to face and have their say, I guess. My. Frank Craig sure is a fancy dresser. Silver spurs, red silk handkerchief, yellow boots.
7: Well, now, here's the marshal right on the job.
1: Hiya, <laughs> Doc. Well,
7: Matt, I hear we got ourselves a nice little killing coming up. You hope we have, you Oh, no, it's not the fee. It's a romance of the thing. Yes, yeah, sure. Young man comes back in the West to see his girl, finds she's on the point of man some somebody Chester. else...
3: Watch me for the play and keep me covered, huh? I don't know what you mean. Over there. Oh. oh. Ben Martin and two of his boys—they just came in. I'm going to go over to the bar next to Craig.
1: And keep your head up. Yes, Mr. Dillon. Uh, you better give me some room, Doc.
3: Well, how are you, Frank? Yeah, I saw him come in too. You've been standing over there watching me for two hours. Now you come up and speak. I fight my own battles, Marshal. Frank, the way I'm playing it, there's not going to be a battle.
5: Well, Ben, it's nice to see you. Marshal, I'd rather you weren't here. I guess you know that. Yeah, sure, I know that. Don't worry, Ben. Dylan's neutral. That still gives you three to one odds. What more do you want? Frank... We don't need you in this town. You were gone for a year, and we got along fine. So if you climb on that horse of yours and ride out again, we'll still get along fine. My girl won't, Ben. You haven't got a girl in Dodge City, Frank. Sure I have. And I want to thank you for looking out for her while I was away. As far as she's concerned, you're still away. I might as well warn you there are a couple of my boys on guard at her house armed with rifles. Ben, I never needed a guard to hold her. If you come within 50 yards, they got orders to kill you. you will be there from now until the wedding. Oh, yeah, that wedding.
3: I'm afraid that's been called off, Ben. You see, Artis and I have other plans... We got a wedding of our own coming up. Well, you dirty larn. Now, if either one of you draws, he's drawing against me. I wouldn't draw on him, Marshal. I feel kind of sorry for him. So help me, Shut up, both of you. Now, you both had your say. And each knows how the other one stands. Well, here's my stand. If Ben wants to keep a guard at her house, it's all right with me. You've had a fair warning, Frank. So stay away.
5: I wish he would try to bother her. And on
3: the other hand, Ben, Frank's got as much right to the run of the town as you or me or anybody else.
5: Sure, as long as decent citizens hide their valuables. You can't go by rumors, Ben.
3: Nobody ever proved a case against him, you know that. piece of stout rope would prove... I wouldn't try it, Ben. If you and your boys want a drink now, go on over to the Longhorn. Stay out of the Texas Trail here from now on. You, Frank, stay clear of the Longhorn. You're quite an optimist, Marshal. Yeah, maybe so. Well, are you leaving, Ben? Yeah.
5: I'll be seeing you, Frank. Come on, boys.
3: Frank, you got nothing to gain here and everything to lose. Miss Nash has made a choice, and whatever was between you once is water down the river. Why don't you pull out? Because she's still my
1: girl, Matt. I know and she knows too. You wait and see.
8: <laughs>
3: Your move, man. Yeah, let's see now. So I move there. You'll move there. Jump in my king, block the whole corner. Nah. But if I move here... (laughs) Mr.
1: Mr. Dillon, you you can
3: move. No, you
7: don't, Chester. No, you don't. I'm playing Matt.
1: Not the both
3: of you. Well, Chester and I kind of run together, Doc.
7: Enforcing the law, that's fine. Playing checkers, no. Matt, (laughs) it's still your move. (laughs) Yeah, I know. All right.
3: There. (laughs) Well,
7: I'll be... uh, That's the move I was going to tell you to
3: make, Mr. Dillon. (laughs) Thanks, Chester. uh, Doc, you're beat. Let's call a game.
7: Yeah, you sneaked up on me. That's what you did. You snuck up on me. (laughs) Oh, well, that's all right,
1: then. Sure is a quiet night. I figured one of them two would make a play before this.
3: Yeah. And if we can get past noon tomorrow with Ben and Artis married... Well, even Craig ought to know when he's beaten.
7: Well, I don't know, Matt. He never did when he was here before.
3: Well, then he better learn. Trying to get a girl to change her mind is one thing. Bothering a married woman's another.
1: You know, Mr. Dillon, it seems to me Miss Artis Nash is the one that could put a stop to all this. If she'd just speak her mind out plain.
4: Matt!
1: Wa- Matt! Huh? Oh Kitty. now, what's the matter? Kitty, what's, Matt, the, what's the. They
4: want you over at the express office right away. You too, Doctor. Oh, oh, what's me? wrong? Hold up, Matt. Somebody shot the clerk. He's dying
8: on <laughs> the
3: Sorry, Mr. One side, please. Yes,
7: one side, please.
3: All right, stand back now. Give us some room. Can you get through, Doc? Uh,
7: Yeah, Matt, I can get him. Yeah, stand back, stand back. Chester, will you move him back? Make him stand back. Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. Yes, sir, let me have a look now. Just let me have a look.
3: How does it look, Doc?
7: Uh, Well, there's a lot of bleeding, Matt. I don't know. I'll I'll do what I can.
3: Mr. Mr. Dillon. Easy now, fella. You're going to be all right. It was
2: one man, Mr. Dillon. Wearing a mask over his face, red silk handkerchief. A
1: red silk handkerchief. Oh,
7: Frank Craig's the only man who. Yeah.
3: I know.
1: Pretty late, Mister Dillon. Maybe he's not gonna come back
3: here. His bedroll's here, Chester. All his belongings. Man doesn't leave his stuff in a rooming house unless he's planning to come back to it.
1: Yeah, he might have got the wind up after he shot that clerk. Maybe he just hit the saddle and lit out.
3: No, not Frank. There's one thing about him I've never seen him scared. He'll be here
1: sooner or later. I can't figure him, Mr. Dillon. He must have needed the money awful bad. Yeah, I guess so. My, this hiding out in the dark gets on a man's nerves, don't it? <laughs> yeah, it sure does.
3: It helps some if we could just smoke. I
1: don't suppose. Shh! Somebody's coming, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, I hear him. That's him, all right.
3: Now watch it, Chester. All right, hold it, Frank, and don't move. It's Matt Dillon. Uh, uh, thought it might be somebody else. Light the lamp, Chester. Yes, Mr. Dillon. Frank, I understand you left the Texas Trail right after dark. Nobody's seen you since. Where you been? Just friendly conversation, Marshal, or is this official? It's official. Then I guess I won't answer that. I see you're still wearing that red silk handkerchief. Any reason why I shouldn't be? Marshal, what's it all about? Murder. If that express clerk dies. I ask you, what's it all about? Where's the money, Frank? The way I seem to get it, somebody held up the express office and shot the clerk. You're accusing me. I didn't do it, Marshal. Where you been? Sorry, Marshal. You're under arrest, Frank. No, I'm afraid not. See, that would ruin all my plans. You better lay your gun on the table over there. I'm sorry, Marshal. Some other time. Look out for the lamp. Grab him, Chester. Don't shoot, but grab him. Oh, he went through the window, Mr. Dillon. Never mind, Chester. Grab a blanket. Let's get this fire out before it burns the
7: whole place down. Come on. <laughs>
4: Matt, don't look so sour. In an hour, it'll all be over.
3: Ah, Kitty, I'd be a lot surer of that if I had Frank Craig locked up in jail.
4: No trace of him, huh?
3: Not a sign.
4: Then forget about him, Matt. He could be halfway to Wyoming by now.
3: Well, I wish I could think so.
4: I wonder what artist Nash is thinking about him.
3: What business has she got thinking about him when she's going to marry Ben in an hour? (laughs) Matt.
4: I'm afraid you'll just never understand women.
3: Well, who does? Frank Craig's a born drifter. He'll never settle down. He's wild as a range colt. Never been broken, never will be. And sooner or later, he'll come home tight across his saddle. How any girl can get herself interested in a man like that beats me.
4: Not me, Matt. I know exactly how a girl can get herself interested in a man like that. What? I'll see you at the wedding. I got to help
7: artists finish dressing. Morning, Miss Kitty. Good morning, Doc. <laughs> hey, good morning, Matt. You working up your courage? What for,
3: Doc? I'm not getting married. Uh, How's the express clerk? Oh,
7: he's bad. And he's getting worse. I don't think he's going to make it. What about Frank Craig?
3: Nothing, not a sign. I think he's still around town somewhere, but we morning, can't Mr. find him. Mr.
1: Dillon.
7: Well... Doc? Doc, look at that. Well, look, it. an alpaca coat, a boiled shirt, green galluses, and a pink tie. Oh, well, Chester, I haven't seen a get-up like that since I hauled out of Boston. <laughs>
1: well, I figured it was only due respect to the bride. Uh, where, where, where's your gun, Chester? Oh, goodness gracious, Mr. Dillon, you can't wear a gun to a wedding.
3: Well, at this wedding, even the bridegroom's wearing a gun, Chester. I'm wearing one, and so are you, so you better go get it. Meet me at the church.
1: Mr. Dillon, she is so pretty I wish I was marrying her myself. You better forget it, Chester. Ben's got enough worries as it is. He sure does look fidgety, all right. Yeah, he's got
3: reason to.
4: Room for me here,
3: ma'am? Oh, yeah. yeah, sure, Kitty. Here, slide right in here. Here we
2: are. My dearly beloved friends and neighbors, it is the privilege of all of us to be gathered here together in the sight of the Lord and in the presence of one another for the purpose of uniting this man... And this woman in the bonds of holy matrimony. It
1: won't be long now, this Mr. Dillon.
2: Yeah, the sooner the better. Barbara Artis Nash and Benjamin Martin, there is, I am sure, no need <clears> to <throat> emphasize the solemn and sacred nature of the great institution into which they are about to enter. I never and heard all of this before. <laughs> you still
3: want to, to marry down her, down Chester?
2: beyond and above the decay and corruption of the flesh and the devil. Your manifest presence as you come here together and
8: forsaking
2: all others.
4: Is that Frank Craig? Stand
2: hand in hand. Look at the back of the church. Yeah, Frank
1: Craig. He's just standing there, Mr. Dillon.
3: Just standing there and looking. Slide out to the side aisle, Chester. Maybe we can get to him quietly without breaking up the meeting.
4: I think it's already oh, broken up. No, uh, I just fainted, Mister. she fell right on the
1: floor.
3: Yeah, come on, Chester. Pardon me. Uh, would you let me through, please? Can get past here, please? I'm sorry, lady. Would you one side, please, huh?
1: Can we get past here? He was right here by the door. Outside, Chester. sign of it. Matt, did you find him, Matt? Not yet, Ben. <laughs> Put that
3: gun away. You want to kill some bystander in the crowd?
5: There's only one man I want to kill. I should have done it three days ago. Yeah, I know, Ben.
3: What'd they do with Miss Nash? They
5: carried her into the minister's study. That dirty, low, walking right into the church. Scared her out of her wits.
2: Marshal. Marshal Dillon. Oh, over here, Reverend. Marshal. A terrible thing has happened. He forced his way into my study, pushed me out the door. Craig? Yes. He had a horse tied behind the church. He's gone and taken her with him. He's
3: kidnapped her, Matt. He's kidnapped her. Save your breath, Ben. Get your horse. Come on, Chester. Let's ride.
1: I never did think we'd get back to town, Mr. Dillon. I'm saddled, sore, and beat. (sighs) Yeah, Chester. A hundred men hunting him, and he slipped past all of them. I swear I just can't figure it.
4: Any trace of him, Matt?
3: Uh, uh, Not a sign, Kitty. Some of the boys are still beating the riverbed south, but I don't know. Guess he
1: kind of made fools of us, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, I guess so, Chester.
7: Nash,
3: what? Any luck? Yeah, sure, Doc. All bad.
7: Yeah, mine too, man. That clerk died a half
1: hour ago. Yeah. So now it's murder, Mr. Dillon? Yeah. Now well, it's murder.
3: Hold on, boy. Well, let's go into the office and get out a bulletin. A bulletin. Good, that'll do it. Light the lamp, will you, Chester?
1: Yes, sir. Here we are. Hold it, Matt. You too, Chester,
3: don't move. (laughs) The only place nobody'd ever think of looking. You're in the jail. Yeah, that's what we figured. Well, Miss Nash, you seem to be in pretty fair shape for a kidnapped victim.
6: I'm not a victim of anything, Mr. Dillon, unless it's my own foolishness. That's what most people would say, I guess. Maybe they're right. I only know this when Frank came back to town, I knew then that it wasn't over and never would be. I'm Frank's girl, Mr. Dillon, for better or worse, right or wrong. I'm going with him to Wyoming.
3: He's wanted on suspicion of murder, Miss Nash.
6: He didn't do it. He couldn't have. He was with me when it happened.
3: What did you say?
6: He slipped past Ben's guards and came to see me. That's why he wouldn't tell you where he'd been. He didn't want to get me in trouble.
3: He's telling the truth, Marshal. Yeah, maybe.
6: Mr. Dillon, you might ask Ben Martin what happened to my red silk scarf. I missed it right after he came to see me that afternoon.
3: Go on. He didn't do it for the money. But to ruin me once and for all.
6: If we were lying, we wouldn't have come here, Mr. Dillon.
3: Yeah, it makes sense, all right, but... Chester, who rode up out there?
1: It's Ben Martin, Mr. Dillon. Think he's coming in here?
3: Where's your horse, Frank? In the corral, back of the jail. All right, go out the back way. Get it and head for Wyoming. Take one of my extra horses and leave it at Bison Flats. You can buy another horse from the Indians there. Matt, I... would don't know how we can ever thank you Never for Never mind you. that. Just get going for I changed my mind. And uh, good luck to both of you.
6: Thanks, Mr. Dillon.
3: Anybody here? Yeah, come on in, Ben.
5: Saw the light on. Figured you must be here. Any sign of him? What's the matter?
3: The clerk died. Why'd you do it, Ben? I don't know what you mean. Where's the red scarf you stole from Miss Nash? I gotta arrest you for murder, Ben.
5: I don't think so, Matt. I don't think I'm gonna let you do that.
3: You've seen me draw before. Now you better give me your gun, Ben. Don't do it the hard way.
5: What you call the hard way, Matt, may be the easiest way of all. So, win or lose, I guess.
1: Something fell out of his pocket there.
3: Yeah. license.
2: Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman McDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by Les Crutchfield, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were Herb Ellis, Viffy Janis, Tom Tully, and Barney Phillips. Parley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. colorful as a western roundup and twice the fun. That's the Gene Autry Show, which comes your way every Saturday evening over CBS Radio. It's one of radio's most distinctive programs. Flavored to taste with songs of the sagebrush and melodies of the mesquite country. The Gene Autry Show is 30 minutes you'll enjoy. Packed full of comedy, songs, and the genial personality of the one and only Gene Autry. The whole Melody Ranch gang is on hand to entertain you tomorrow night, every Saturday night. So tune in the Gene Autry Show and hit the pleasure trail over most of these same CBS stations. Clancy Cassell speaking. And remember, Broadway is My Beat brings you startling mysteries Saturday nights on the CBS Radio Network.
0: From October 17th, 1952. That was Gunsmoke, and the name of that episode was Lochinvar. And, and it's Loch Invar, I think I mispronounced it at the beginning of the show. Wasn't that good? That was written by Les Crutchfield, but it was based on an old English poem. Now, any of you who are English majors or were English majors may remember that this was a poem written by Sir Walter Scott and it was written in the early 1800s and it's entitled Lochinvar and, and i'm going to actually uh, it's a fairly short poem i'm going to play it for you in a minute i'm not going to read it i i have a really nice recording of uh, somebody reading it in a nice scottish brogue and i think you'll enjoy that better but let me just tell you because it might be a little difficult to understand a little bit about what the poem's about young lochinvar as a knight as the story opens He is galloping his horse across the countryside. He is not armed. He does carry a broadsword, but uh, he's in a hurry to get to the castle of Netherby because inside Netherby is his one true love, Ellen. Ellen is to be wed, and this is, I believe, a wedding banquet or a wedding dinner, a a pre-wedding dinner, as it were. And the man that she is being basically forced to marry by her father is described as a laggard in love and a dastard in war. He's painted as rather an impotent character. Well, when Lochinvar arrives at the great hall at the castle where this is taking place, he has not been invited. So he causes quite a stir when he shows up at the door. And right away, Ellen's father approaches him, ready to draw his sword. And he asks him basically, what are you doing here? Are you here to celebrate my daughter's wedding or are you here to cause trouble? Well, you see, what has happened in the past, we learn, is that Lochinvar had asked Ellen's father for her hand in marriage, but he had been shunned. Well, Lochinvar explains that even though he was madly in love or deeply in love with Ellen at one time, that in time, love, uh, like other emotions, ebbs. And there are, after all, many young women in Scotland that would be very interested in pursuing him. No, he said, I am here not so much as a celebration, but as a way to say goodbye. He would like to have one last glass of wine and also one last dance with Ellen. Ellen hands him a cup with a kiss in it, and she has a blush on her face. And then before her mother can stop him, Lochinvar takes Ellen's hand and they begin to dance. Well, now, the scene is very tense, and -and Lochinvar whispers something in her ear. Well, as they dance around the floor and they get near the door, they make a run for it. They jump upon his horse and fly away with all of the speed of his noble charger. All the clans look for days to try to find Ellen and -and Lochinvar. They never were able to find them. And now, as uh, the story ends... The young ladies and people of the land all realize what a gallant and noble man Lockenvar was. And uh, I suppose they have a little bit of envy. It's a great, great poem. It really is. I'm just so impressed that Les Crutchfield, who wrote that episode of Gunsmoke, Drew on this, and you'll see that happening in Gunsmoke. Over many different episodes, they make references to either literary or historical facts that, unless you know about these things, the title of the show, of the episode, doesn't make a lot of sense. But here, let's, uh, let's hear the reading of the poem Lochinvar.
9: Oh, young Lochinvar has come out of the west. Through all the wide border, his steed was the best. And save his good broadsword, he weapons had none. He rode all unarmed, and he rode all alone. So faithful in love, and so dauntless in war, there never was knight like the young Lochinvar He stayed not for break, and he stopped not for stone, he swam the Esk River where ford there was none. But ere he alighted at Netherby Gate, the bride had consented, the gallant came late. For a laggard in love, and a dastard in war, was to wed the fair Ellen of brave Lochinvar. So boldly he entered the netherby hall among bridesmen and kinsmen and brothers and all. Then spoke the bride's father his hand on his sword, for the poor craven bridegroom said never a word. Oh, come ye in peace here, or come ye in war, or to dance at our bridal, young lord Lochinvar. I long wooed your daughter, my suit you denied. Love swells like the Solway, but ebbs like its tide. And now am I come, with this lost love of mine, to lead but one measure, drink one cup of wine. There are maidens in Scotland, more lovely by far, that would gladly be bride to the young Lochinvar. The bride kissed the goblet. The knight took it up. He quaffed off the wine, and he threw down the cup. She looked down to blush, and she looked up to sigh, with a smile on her lips and a tear in her eye. He took her soft hand, ere her mother could bar. Now tread we a measure, said young Lochinvar, So stately his form, and so lovely her face, that never a hall such a galliard did grace. While her mother did fret and her father did fume, and the bridegroom stood dangling his bonnet and plume. And the bride maidens whispered, To better by far to have matched our fair cousin with young Lochinvar." One touch to her hand and one word in her ear. When they reached the hall door and the Charger stood near. So light to the croup the fair lady he swung, So light to the saddle before her he sprung. She is one, we are gone, over bank, bush and scar they'll have fleet steeds that follow, quoth young Lochinvar. There was mounting mongreams grahams of the Netherby clan. Forsters, phoenix, and musgraves they rode and they ran. There was racing and chasing on Canobie Lee, but the lost bride of Netherby ne'er did they see. So daring in love and so dauntless in war, have ye e'er heard of gallant like young Lochinvar?
0: Throughout the ages, from generation to generation, there have always been stories of the eternal triangle, of unrequited love, of love regained, and of gallantry.
10: You asked me to give up the hand of the girl I love. You tell me I'm not the man she's worthy of But who are you to tell her who to love? That's up to her Yes, and the Lord above You better move on Well, I know you can buy her fancy clothes and diamond rings But I believe she's happy with me without those things Still, you beg me to set her free But my friend, that will never be Better move on. I can't blame you for loving her, but can't you understand, man? She's my girl, and I, am never gonna let her go. Cause I You better go Now I'm getting mighty mad You asked me to give up The only love I've ever had Maybe I would Oh, but I love her so Never gonna let her go Better move on you 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 better move on, you better move on. You better move on.
0: exhausted. I'm exhausted. A lot of work went into the show today. I hope you enjoyed it. We will uh, be back with you over the weekend. This weekend, I do promise you a uh, grab bag show. I was going to try to get one last weekend, and I couldn't. Couldn't. Didn't have time. Just couldn't do it. But uh, this weekend, I'm going to put one together tomorrow and try to get it up there. Hope you have a great weekend. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with an old-time comedy on Tuesday with a drama on Wednesday with a mystery and of course next Thursday with another Western and the archive show will come out on Sunday so hope you have a great weekend everybody we're going to go out tonight with a couple of songs from 1952 the year of our Gunsmoke episode the first one is by um, Georgia Gibbs and the second one is by Joni James didn't realize Joni James was around in 52, but uh, she were. I remember Joni James appearing on all kinds of TV shows and things when I was a kid. She was born in 1930. She's still with us, and I would love to, uh, love to hear her sing many of her songs. I can remember a lot of them. One of them was uh, uh, Johnny Be Angry, Johnny Be Mad. Remember that one? Wasn't that Joni James? I think so. All right, that's it. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I am so glad you met me.
11: Your lips and all at once the sparks go flying. Those devil lips that know so well the art of lying. And though I see the danger, still the flame grows higher. I know I must surrender to your kiss of fire. Just like a torch, you set the soul within me burning. I must go on along this road of no return. And though it burns me and it turns me into ashes My whole world crashes without your kiss of fire I can't resist you, what good is there in trying What good is there denying you're all that I desire since first I kissed you, my heart was yours completely. If I'm a slave, then it's a slave I want to be. Don't pity me, don't pity me. Give me your lips, the lips you only let me borrow. Love me tonight and let the devil take tomorrow. I know. Your kiss, although it dooms me, though it consumes me, your kiss of fire. Since first I kissed you, my heart was yours completely If I'm a slave, then it's a slave I want to be Don't pity me, don't pity me Give me your lips, the lips you only let me borrow Love me tonight and let the devil take tomorrow I know that I must have your kiss, although it do Oh, it consumes me Your kiss
12: Don't you believe me? It just isn't fair. Here is a heart that is lonely. Here is a heart you can take. Here is a heart for you only.